1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, back with us. Hello, Alex. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Great to be back. Hey, Alex, uh, let's talk tough teachings Jesus gave about money. Uh, Money does get strong reactions, as I mentioned there in that introduction. Mm. Uh, Some say we talk too much. Some say we talk too little about money. But uh, really, it comes down to how does the Bible uh, reflect these things? What did Jesus say? Where do you start with a topic like this?
0: Yeah, well, as as you rightly say, many people think, um, you know, there's... the the situation where some churches go on and on about it and others don't talk about it. My sort of experience with it is there is a hunger within the church to know what the Bible says. I think there's a hunger to know what the wisdom of God is on this topic of money, particularly as so many people struggle with it, you know, and at at some point in our lives, most of us struggle with money. So the good news is that Jesus talks about it all the time in, in his word and so to give people a bit of an indication roughly 15 percent of his preaching 11 of the 39 parables we know have an economic or financial aspect to it um, so it's an enormous topic that's covered uh, by jesus himself but if you take it more broadly and look at the bible in total so if you look at both the old and new testaments There's about 2,350-odd verses on money, wealth, and possessions. Quite a few covering certain topics, so there's quite a few on, say, helping the poor, quite a lot on generosity, um, and a range of other topics too. And I think the the question, though, people should ask is, why? Why on earth would Jesus, and indeed the Bible just in, in general, talk so much about money? And I think the answer is quite simple, and that is that Jesus knew that if there was anything that's going to come between you and your relationship with God, money is surely it. And when you look at Australian society today, and I think not just Australia, but the Western world in general, where we've experienced such unprecedented prosperity over the last sort of 100, 200 years, I think that that prosperity has very much taken us away from God you know we've become very uh, self-sufficient and lack humility now and we've forgotten where the money comes from you know I love Deuteronomy 8 18 where it says remember the Lord because it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth so it actually all comes from him in the first place and so as I say when people get money though as that passage suggests, they forget the Lord. And so I think the reason Jesus talks about it so much, and many of the passages around money are warning messages. You know, they're warning us, you know, to tread carefully and to make sure that we put money in its rightful place, that we don't allow it uh, to become a God in our lives and, and replace one true God so it's a very important topic and we should talk about it because it affects so much of us and our relationship with the God we love
1: interesting isn't it Uh, those godly principles that enable either the individual the community or a nation to grow wealth uh, which are very much uh, you know connected to biblical principles but then when you've got the wealth then you're faced with this other issue of uh, how you treat the wealth. So if there's thousands of times you can see uh, money talked about in the Bible, you said 11 of the 39 parables that Jesus told are connected with money. How do we just sort of bring those down to some key ones that we might think about, uh, key themes Mm. that Jesus taught uh, that we might consider are the tough things that Jesus said about money? Uh, Where do you start here?
0: Yeah, well, look, as I say, for today, I thought, look, I thought, let's let's go for some tough ones here. It's good, you know, uh, as Christians to uh, ref- get refined, and uh, God's Word is great at refining us. So I thought, yeah, let's look at some of the tough ones today. Um, so I thought I'd start with one that many of us have heard before, um, but I want to unpack it a bit and, and really put emphasis on certain things. So this is a passage from Matthew 6. Uh, verse 24 where Jesus says no one can serve two masters either you'll hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both God and money so here's the thing ultimately what that passage is about and I think what Jesus's big concern is is who are you ultimately going to serve are you going to follow the world and serve the world, or are you going to serve God? And so there is no in-between here. You actually have to choose between the two. You know, Jesus uses very strong language here. He's not sugarcoating it. He says you've got to love one and hate the other. There's no, there's no middle ground here. And the thing about serving God is serving is an act of worship, Okay and so the question for all of us is who are we actually worshiping are we worshiping god or are we worshiping money and so what i did when i was looking at this today i was i was looking at a few different translations and i had a look at the message and the message translation rather than using the words Master, it uses the word God. In other words, it says no one can serve two gods. So really, what that's implying is uh, is idolatry. You can't. If you're serving money, you're actually acting um, idolatrous, and so that is something you know the Bible warns us very heavily against. If you look in the New King James Version, where it uses also the word master, but when we get to that last section where it says you cannot serve both God and money, it actually uses the word mammon rather than the word money. Now, mammon stems from the Greek word, mammonos, if I've pronounced that correctly. And really all it means is your earthly goods, your property, your riches. And here's the thing about earthly goods and and property and riches and so forth, is they can divert our attention away from God. So this is the key thing, as I say, why the Bible talks so much about money is the risk that we start serving it, we start worshipping it, and it distracts us from why we're really here. And why we're really here is ultimately to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, when we become a, a, a Christian, we, we sign up to go and make disciples of the nations. And so that can be easily sidetracked, particularly in, you know, in a blessed nation like Australia, where there's so many other things to occupy our time and so many things that we can buy. And so... This is as I say, the real danger here, and this is what Jesus is warning us, is that we run the risk of becoming idolatrous and serving a different master from the one he intended, which is of course himself. so it's you know critically important here um and I think the it's a subtle thing a lot of money is it's subtle and seductive in the sense that in our Western culture. So much of the world has crept into our churches that we don't even realise that we hard. We find it difficult to separate, you know, biblical living from Australian culture. It's hard to know at what lines, you know, are we crossing here, um, and so I think it's become a real challenge to even recognise when we're potentially at risk here. So, very important topic, because as I say, God's desire for us at the end of the day is that we walk closely with him and we have a genuine relationship with him and we don't wander off and serve a false god and that we remain focused on building his kingdom.
1: Okay, so when it comes to money, let's just boil this down to some simple ways of perhaps even doing some sort of a self-assessment here. How do you think, Alex, uh, while most Christians acknowledge their sin, uh, they probably say, well, you know, I go to church, uh, I'm not serving money, I'm serving God. Uh, How do you tell? Is there some subtleties here Mm. that even for the Christian believer who says, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I'm living a Christian life, how do you tell if these sorts of subtleties are creeping in? Mm,
0: it's and it's it's really important to reflect on these things. And that's why it's so important to spend time with God. Look, I mean, ultimately, it is God who knows our hearts, and, and He knows uh, what's what's really got going on. Um, but ultimately, He wants our wholehearted surrender to Him. He wants us to do that by choice, though. God doesn't force us to do anything. He does it by. Cho- he wants us to choose to follow Him and, and to make that decision. But the warning signs, I think, can be. Uh, you know as I say it's, it's quite subtle and the question here is what are our priorities you know if we think about how we spend our money and, and what we spend it on do they reflect um, in eternal priority you know I, um, I often think to myself you know If you were to show your bank statements or your credit card statements to your pastor, would you be comfortable with your pastor looking at it? You know, would you be comfortable with that kind of degree of accountability? Now, And that's once again, you've got to be careful here in the sense we're not trying to be legalistic or anything like that. We're merely saying here, are we prioritizing God's kingdom in our life? Are we being obedient to the things that he's asking us to do, such as living a generous life, Uh, building his kingdom, helping those that are in need. I mean, there's so much things we can do. Um, Another sort of things is, you know, what are you worried about? Are you fearful of money? Do you think about it a lot? Do you lie in bed worried about it? Because they can be warning signs as well that, you know, money is taking too high a priority in our life. And the other one, even, and, you know, I sort of catch myself out when I'm talking to my Christian friends, you know, what is it that we're talking about? Are we encouraging each other in the faith? Are we encouraging and building each other up? To to build God's kingdom, or are we just talking about the rest, everything else? Are we just talking about house prices? You know, are we talking about those things that preoccupy so many people out there? Um, you know, I love. I think it was a pastor who said this to me once. Where he said your bank statement is kind of like a theological document. Basically, it tells you. What you believe, and that is very true. Your bank statement reflects your heart; it reflects your priorities, and that's why we need to reflect on that. And so, my challenge to you know to listeners today is: think about how you are spending. Do you think that represents you know a life that is surrendered to God? You know, are we investing our time and energy? in making of disciples. You know, when we wake up each day, are we preoccupied with God's kingdom or are we more interested in building up our own careers? You know, what are we actually concerned with? What's on our hearts each and every day when we get up? Because ultimately, this is about being obedient, you know, living generously, helping the poor, funding the Great Commission... These are the things that should occupy our time. It's not to say that God doesn't want you to enjoy what he's blessed you with. You know, he's given this amazing creation to us to enjoy. But he wants us to share out of the abundance that we have and to use it to build his kingdom and have that as our heart and as our priority.
1: Wonderful to be able to bring a little bit of straight talk in that. Uh, Identify those things. You can't serve two masters. Uh, Let's touch on some other big themes. Uh, What else comes to mind for you, Alex? Another big theme in the hard, tough teachings of Jesus about money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look, one of my favorite um, parables uh, that Jesus told is called the Parable of the Gold Bags. Uh, depending on what version you read, it's also called The Parable of the Talents. And in one version, I which I love the name, is The Parable of the Loaned Money. And I love that just because to me... Our money really is on loan to us from God, and we have to give it back when we when we leave this when we leave this life. Um, so the parable of the gold bags, you can find it in Matthew 25, so it's verses 14 to 30, and it's a story that many of us are familiar with, where you have a master, the master goes on a trip and he leaves different amounts of money to his servants, and he expects them to get a return on his money. And of course, sometime later, when they don't expect it, he returns. And they all have to give an account uh, for what they've done with the gold bags that he's given them. Uh, it's also important to point out that he gives them all different amounts. Um, they don't have equal, and that's very true of us in this life. All of us have different amounts. Um, and it uses the expression, um, "to each, each according to his ability. So that's a th- uh, you know, something to ponder on. Why is it that God gives money out according to our ability? And of course, therefore, we, we have a responsibility to become better at handling money. So anyway, back to the story, though, is that the master returns and he expects them to give an account of what they've done with it. And of course, two of them have got a return on his money. In fact, they've doubled what they were given and they get rewarded for it. And then the last one, he's hidden the money and he has, he, the consequence for him is actually punishment. He gets thrown into darkness. And the Bible says there's a weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's this is tough teaching. It's not mucking around here. And what this really tells us, and I think that really the parable is Jesus talking about himself here. He's the master. And, and one day he's going to return. And everything that we've ever done will be frozen. Okay? Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever said, everything you've... Um, how you've used your money it'll all be fixed in time and there'll be no opportunity to change it at that point in time and his expectation is that we've done something with it we've multiplied it Um, and you know this is not of course just about money it's about the time that we use the talents that we have all the things that god puts in our hands we have to steward and the bible says here that we'll be rewarded Or punished according to what we've done, so it's a very um, it's a very serious passage, but it's one that should be encouraging to us because even though I've painted maybe in in a tough sense, the reality is it's a privilege to look after God's things. You know, He's entrusted us. He's the master. He's the God of the universe. He's the God of all the creation. It's all His, and He's entrusted us to look after it, and to use it wisely. So to me, it's a a great stewardship parable.
1: And goes hand in hand, doesn't it, Uh, with the hard saying you mentioned earlier, serving two masters, because here you have uh, prioritising the way you use your money or uh, the fact that you might not do anything with it. Hey, just very, very quickly, uh, time's running short. Um, Practically speaking, how do you think these relate to us in this day and age, here in Australia, listeners to our conversation today, how ought we be acting with finances in light of tough teachings like this? Mm.
0: Well, here's the question I often ask myself, and i've and I've said this when i've when I've preached in churches, is what will be, your eternal return on investment with what God has given you. And of course, we're not talking just money here, and I'm not talking about investing in the stock market. I'm talking about with what God has put in your hands, particularly obviously financial resources, because that's what we're talking about today. What will be the return on investment that lasts for eternity? How many poor will you have helped how many people will have you shared the gospel with? How many minist- ministries and missions will have been funded? Because ultimately it comes down to the priorities that we have and making sure that we do prioritize the right things. You know, there's some minist- ministries we, uh, my wife and I support. Um, one is a well very well-known ministry that distributes Bibles around the world. And one of, one of the things I love about that is I have this sort of vision in my mind that one day when I get to heaven... Someone's going to walk up to me in heaven and go, Alex. You know what? We never met on the- we never met on Earth. But because you sowed into this ministry and someone put a Bible in my hands and I got to hear all about Jesus, I got to hear the good news because of what you did with the money. And so I'm eternally grateful for what you've done. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I want to hear. You know, this well done, good and faithful servant, because I've been a good steward with what God's put in my hands. So really what I'm challenging everyone here today to think about is to reflect on how do you spend your money? Are you focusing on eternal treasures or on earthly ones? And and pray to God for wisdom and pray to God for a generous heart and an eternal focus um, so that we can uh, really, you know, in in this society that we live in now, that's so desperately in the need of, uh, you know, the love of Jesus, that we will focus on that and getting the good news out to as many people as we can and use the resources that God has given us to achieve that outcome
1: fabulous stuff really good insights Alex Cook and uh, for listeners who want to connect with Alex this is how you do it he has a website called wealthwithpurpose.com and you'll find free ebooks there's lots of resources the the my toolkit there's videos there's podcast content uh, you'll be able to connect with Alex Cook around all sorts of issues to do with finance. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is an Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email too. But wealthwithpurpose.com, Alex Cook, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts here on tough sayings about money from Jesus. Thanks for being with us on 2020. My pleasure, Neil.
0: Great to be with you again.